The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and you are listening to the Rough House Podcast. Yeah! The opinions expressed in the Rough House Podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast courtesy of the Realm Network here at the Rough House where black people and white people watch wrestling and Hispanic people too and all people. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Rough House Podcast, the quarantine house podcast. Still, yeah, yes. no, I don't care if shit's been lifted. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm still hunkered down. As yes, they say. yes. I, I'm waiting for stage five personally. Because I don't, uh, I don't trust these these motherfuckers out there. <laughs> no, no. I I was out picking up food yesterday, and I saw people sitting outside. And I think the thing that drove me crazy was people sitting outside acting like nothing is weird or unusual. Yeah. Just like, no, woo, no, hanging out with my friends. Woo. As long as they have their brunch, they're okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah, no. First of all, um, I don't eat outside because I fucking hate being outside <laughs> in, a normal, in, in, in a normal world. Like, you know, 10 years ago, if this yeah. happened, yeah. I, I wouldn't want to sit outside because being outside is gross. There are bugs. There's the sun. <laughs> Fuck the sun. The sun sucks, dude. Like it'll burn you. It'll it'll get y'all sweaty. Uh, I'm a I'm a fat Italian man. I I sweat like a whore in church, man. I I I do not. I'd like. I, this is how bad it's gotten. For, we're a wrestling show. I'm Christoph. That's Marty. We'll get to it. Hello. I over these past three weeks of nothing but being a sedentary fat slob, mm-hmm. I took the trash to the dumpster, which is maybe a hundred yards. maybe and i got back and i felt like i was going to die (laughs) sorry i i have i i i'm I'm actually starting to get a little worried i may have some cardiopulmonary issues happening right now uh i should probably see a doctor um it's it's like it's it's bad and I was like, I was like, okay, I have to take a shower now. I just took the trash out. Now I have to shower. This is well. What this day is, was this? It? Is where I yesterday? Yesterday? Okay. Now yesterday. If it, it was, wasn't stupid hot. Yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say if it was earlier in the week, I would have understood because we had like ninety yeah. degrees on Tuesday, Wednesday, that sort of thing. But yesterday was actually kind of nice. I am, yeah. Chris, as your friend and and uh, co-host, I, uh, <laughs> I I I will say I'm a little worried, bud. It's it's been um <laughs> many years since I've seen a doctor. I recommend seeing one. Um I know right now probably the potential of going into a doctor's office is scurry. Yeah, um, I right now. But I, I do recommend you see one, Chris. I, I, I think it would be a good mm, idea. You pay probably. for you pay for insurance, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I'm get, sure. Get your benefits that you're paying for, man. Take advantage I mean, of it. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> As I just scarf down a two egg mixed with a two scrambled egg mixed with a hot dog burrito okay. uh, for breakfast. I, all right. All right. That's also a little worrisome. If you had just said, <laughs> "As I scarf down two eggs," that's fine. Eggs are fine. Hot dog. Oh, there we go. That's a that's in a it. burrito <laughs> with a slice of American cheese. <laughs> that's it. Well, uh, real ass American cheese? Or are we talking like a craft single? It, no, fucking! It's the uh, it's the Aldi brand of a craft single. So basically, individually plastic wrapped slice of cheese. Sixty four slices of American <laughs> cheese. Yes, one of those. But it was a smaller pack. Not I 64 think I'm slices. blind. 
<laughs> yeah. So plus I, I I had I had some taquitos for a snack last night. Um let's see, what other some pulled pork for dinner. That was mm-hmm. that was that was pretty good one with King's Hawaiian roll. Nice. All the fucking carbs. This is why I'm such a fucking fat ass. I understand what's happening. I just am doing nothing to stop or prevent <laughs> what comes next, which is a uh, myocardial infarction, more likely than not. Oh, buddy. Buddy. Uh, uh, anyway, hot dogs for breakfast. Let's not do that. Let's, let's... That's so good. With You ever had a hot, cut up hot dog with scrambled eggs? I have not. Oh, buddy, you're not living. I, I tend to eat my hot dogs as a hot dog. Ah <laughs> oh, man, you're 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 missing out. Cut it up, brown. You know, put them in the pan, brown them up, then put the eggs in, scramble them bitches up. Hell yeah! I mean, yeah, it's not that far removed from having eggs and sausage for breakfast. No, it's, it's essentially the same. It's a turkey, Frank. It wasn't like a, oh, okay. Well, there well, you go. The wife likes turkey dogs, so it was a turkey dog. But still, yeah. Oh, but that's not bad. Anyway, it's turkey bacon, which is nothing. Ugh. Yeah, no, no. Ugh. What was it? Uh, it's, uh, as as you know, my my wife is a like a quarter granola e. She's <laughs> she's uh <laughs> twice removed on her dad's side. Yeah, right? exactly. So so we we find ourselves at Mom's Organic Market every so often. Uh, and, that uh, place is expensive. Fuck that. It is. Um, <laughs> um uh, they they had uh coconut bacon and i was just like fuck you that's not a thing wait hold on so it's it's it, made it's of basi- coconut and they're it, calling it bacon yeah yeah it's basically the bastard coconut? love child of bacon bits and coconut it's basically just like caramelized flavored coconut it's like that you can't call is it flavored bacon. with bacon grease i don't know what they do to get the flavor i just saw the bag and i was like fuck this thing <laughs> this is so stupid that is very, and I'm sure there, you know, it sells like hotcakes. <laughs> well, at the time, uh, they certainly hadn't. Maybe now, maybe now in this post-pandemic world where people are just itching to get anything that reminds them of bacon, if they can't get real bacon. God. Is bacon? Is there a bacon shortage right now? I have no idea. Uh, not, really, not, not that I've noticed. But I don't when, really buy bacon. Yeah, it's, it's not, expensive. It, well, it's not. It's not a super common purchase for us either. Like maybe, maybe once every two months, if that. So anyway, uh, yes, it's a wrestling podcast. Uh, that being said, uh, let, let me just um, very quickly jump in and say, because I'll feel like an asshole if I don't. Hey, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now, folks. Um, there's uh, clearly a, a, a lot of people hurting and there's clearly a lot of rage and unrest. I, however, feel like this is a time where people are coming together and they're doing good things and they are um, using the platform of something of sadness and turning turning into something better um yeah i think all of our feeds are full of really awful and terrible things but i think those are uh the symptoms of a disease that is on its way to being dealt with and um what i will very quickly say is i think both chris and i uh very much are on the black lives matter side of things and if you aren't you can fuck yourself so that's <laughs> that i think is yes. the official roughhouse message uh if we yes. lose Get listeners fucked. over th- if we lose <laughs> listeners over that hey look man history is going to look at w- these two sides mm. in very different ways that's that's the way i'm looking at it so long chris jericho you'll <laughs> no longer be listening to the roughhouse podcast apparently <laughs> yeah uh or, or maybe you will now i don't know um <laughs> that's our corporate talking to perhaps mm-hmm. but anyway uh yeah fuck the hogans fuck anyone who keeps holding on to all lives matter uh fuck all that shit it's really stupid because right now there is a section of our our fellow man our fellow people that has been shat upon for a very long time and and it's hit a boiling point and um again i think history will see who was on the right side here so yeah, fuck Chad Lale, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gunner can go fuck himself. Um, as most of the locker room uh, told him in not quite as many or sometimes in exactly that many words. Yeah, there was some... Uh, it's, you know, as as disappointing... Well as, well, as disappointing but not surprising as it was to see something like that come from whatever the fuck is gimmick Nick Jackson something. Jackson um, Riker! Uh, whatever, uh, as disappointing, but not surprising as that was, it's good to see, you know, that root out the good people that responded. And, you know, it came from non-surprising places, Sami Zayn, Mustafa Ali, uh, Kevin Owens taking a stand, Mm -hmm. you know, 
taking Kevin a stand, Owens continues Kevin Owens, to be both a taking a stand uh, for the locker room, but B on people putting their shitty wrestling gimmicks out in front yeah. of everything else. So yeah, uh, props to Owens for both ways. He called out our, our boy, Chad Lale. Yeah. I feel like Owens is kind of becoming a locker room sort of uh, leader. I don't know, leader. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was trying to think of another word for that, but, but it seems, you know, he's kind of leading the way in some of these things. I mean, he's, you know, when it comes to a lot of the people on the main roster who are there regularly, he's probably one of the most tenured as of this point. Yeah. Uh, now that I think about it in terms of who's probably in that locker room and I recognize, you know, the locker room is kind of a disparate thing right now, not only between part-timers, but also the fact that, uh, based on my understanding of how WWE is doing shows, th- there really isn't a period of time where everyone's around each other anymore. It's basically mm-hmm. like you're there for your segment and then you get the fuck out. Um, yeah. it, I, I do think it's probably like him, Roman, Seth, AJ, Daniel yeah. Bryan. Like I'm, I'm thinking if there's anybody, maybe Miz, but Miz doesn't strike me as a guy who takes a leadership role. Although exactly. undoubtedly inserts himself in conversations like he is a leader. I think we all know those type of people yes. in all of all of our day jobs. But yeah. Um Yeah, with Roman gone, um, you know, uh Brian and AJ on SmackDown. You know, you got Seth, but you know, Seth's yeah. a little Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's preoccupied <laughs> with a baby anyway. Yeah, let's call it that. Um <laughs> So yeah, I mean that's 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 probably it. And good for Kevin Owens. I mean, good guy Kevin Owens is uh, one of the best, uh, you know, wrestling stories of the past decade. Uh, I think overall, zoo enthusiast Kevin Owens. Yes, you know, loves his family and uh, you know stands up for the little man or Definitely the a oppressed person on the Twitters for sure. All that good stuff. So um, so yeah, let's um, you know. There's shittiness in the world yes. uh, and associated in into this world of pro wrestling. We'll try not to uh, to harken back to it because it's bombarding you in every other aspect of life. So yeah. we'll try and, uh, you know, try and put some gravy on the stove for you. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know where that analogy landed, but I'm 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 with you on it. Uh, <laughs> so, Chris, tonight is NXT takeover in your house. Oh, yeah. Will it be happening in your house? No, I canceled the network, bro. Well, there you go. Uh, I, <laughs> Stand strong in solidarity. I, I, I am in a similar spot. There's part of me that's wondering if I want to sail the uh, high seas of piracy to check it out. Um, but I will be honest, and I, I think this is kind of a problem that's been going on. I mean, I know I've kind of harped on my issues with some of the content of NXT recently, uh, you know, being very shooty and and uh very much like we're the insider brand right it strikes me now that we are about to see a full-on takeover with the faux crowd how much of what has made nxt takeover great is for better or for worse the nxt crowd um you know whether it's the live crowds in in places like uh, the barclays center in brooklyn or uh the um, mixed bag that is full sale. Uh, mm-hmm. Something that has always made those shows stand out is the enthusiasm and joy of the people watching it. And we won't really have that tonight. If I were to put a percentage on it uh, to the question you just asked, what percentage of it is the crowd? I would say a strong 35 to 40. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a big chunk. Um, of what makes NXT so special. It's this, you know, homegrown brand of, you know, all these uh, all these people that have, you know, the stories have been good mostly over the past few years, and these takeovers have, have pretty much always delivered. And I'm not going to say, sit here and say that the matches p- won't be great, because there's a very good chance that they will be tonight. Um, but it's not going to have a takeover feel without the crowd you can have your you know your pc students and whomever else clapping in the um clapping behind the plexiglass all you want but it's and it it helps it's better than nothing yeah but you're not going to recreate that feel 
of a takeover. Um, you know, they're doing the unique spin with the in your house bit. I hear that the production uh, around it is going to be very similar to what they've done back in the back in the day. They even had Todd Pettengill cut a promo on Twitter. Uh, and, uh, and apparently it. he may be involved in the show tonight. He should be. I mean, when I think of in your house, I think of yeah, Todd Pettengill. Yeah. And uh, uh, I, I credit where credit is due. Props to the uh, production team throwing together those Coliseum home video esque graphics. That yeah. were all over social media this week promoting the show. I, I thought that was really clever, but um, I don't know. I mean, I will say we are just a few weeks removed from AEW showing that they can do an AEW pay-per-view without an AEW crowd. Yeah. I, I could come on this very same show next week and eat all of my words, but there's definite apprehension for me in terms of how this will play out versus other takeovers. I mean, you you would typically have this golden standard of even when NXT creative has been kind of meh, takeover will deliver. I don't know that takeover is going to deliver this time. Yeah. And part of it for me in the interest level is that NXT proper has just been meh for me. It hasn't really, hasn't really been hitting the mark uh, with me. I've enjoyed the ascent of Elihu del Fantasma from mm-hmm. my personal uh, fandom of him as a performer. And then you've got the kind of manipulative uh, grossness of this Drake Maverick thing, which now we're all kind of thinking back was, you know, just that manipula- manipulative and icky. Yeah, my understanding, uh, so for those who didn't catch it, I don't know if we're going to break into a full-on uh, NXT recap this week. Uh, I know we we will have Dynamite stuff to talk about for sure, um, but uh, Drake Maverick uh, went to the finals of the NXT Cruisador tournament, which I guess is no longer for an interim title because they sure as shit stopped saying interim. Yep. Um, they didn't tell Jordan Devlin, though, because he's still yelling at people on social media. Um, but from it, the Emerald Isle, yes. But it was uh, El Hijo del Fantasma against Drake Maverick in the finals. Uh, Fantasma ends up winning and becoming the new Cruzador champion. Uh, Drake Maverick uh, loses, but as he is crying and walking up the entry ramp, here comes Papa H with a contract for NXT for him to sign. Um, the belief is that, yes, this started out as a shoot. He was really just working through his last 90 days, but there was enough of a groundswell of interest that it got him back a deal with the WWE. Now, if that coincides with the rumor that people who had been fired have subsequently been offered new contracts at a significantly lowered rate, I don't know if that's true in the case of Drake Maverick, but... um. All in all, it does feel very kind of gross. There, if if not as gross as some of the other things we've railed against WWE for, there's at least a sticky film of ickiness to this storyline. Yeah, definitely feel like I need a little bit of a shower afterwards. But you know, and then okay, so so Drake Maverick, you know, gets his release, cuts this impassioned promo, is then asked to compete in the tournament. Wins his way through, loses in the final, blah, blah, blah. What happens now? Yeah. Do, he, do people care about Drake Maverick now? Because yeah. the story's been told. Uh, do they have any plans to present new stories for the guy? Or is he just going to be another NXT talent enhancement? Well, what I do know is, uh, A, he had been easily the best on-screen uh, GM they've had in years when he was running. Oh, Regal. His, well, uh, like I said, uh, years because <laughs> Regal really hasn't been on main show programming in a while. I know he's oh, been, you're talking about me. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I know he's been sort of the the figurehead of NXT. Um, but you know, uh, he did a great job as a 205 Live GM, and he was willing to a shoot pee his pants on a pay per view, and b um, shoot an angle at his wedding. So it's clear that he's willing to do anything and can get literally anything over. So it's not like this is a guy who besides his stature is missing that piece of, can he make this work? But like you said, do they have a plan for him or is this just a, Oh, people care. So let's keep him in the sandbox. Yeah. 
I feel like that's it. Um, and I, I and I hate to you know be Debbie Downer pessimist all the time, but I feel like that's you know Drake Maverick's just going to go back to being a dude who get who who works every couple weeks to put over a new talent or something like that. I don't know. He, he, the guy is talented, and he has a a good ability to put things over, like he said. But and this brings me to a quote from uh, one Brian James uh, that I read this week from um, the dog fucker Corey Graves podcast um, <laughs> said something along the lines of how Adam Cole is the total package. But if he was, I forget who he equated. Uh, if if size he was to. the size of Karrion Cross, he'd be universal right. champion right now. Yeah. Which essentially proves all the size bias that has been, you know, rumored and, and, and discussed over the course of, uh, of years. I think my favorite <laughs> part about that quote was it came from a, a conversation where Road Dog was talking about how anyone has any opportunity in WWE. <laughs> right. Yeah. But they don't. You just you, Yeah, you literally yeah. just explained why genetically yeah. someone will never get the full benefit of the doubt in WWE. If I'm Adam Cole and I heard that um or saw that quoted online and yes. my contract's up in a couple months, I yeah. would uh I'd be making some phone calls. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. I would hate to lose the Undisputed Era because they've been one of the things in NXT I've enjoyed the most over the past couple of years. Um, not to say that they couldn't continue on without Adam Cole. It wouldn't be the same. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, to see Adam Cole go back to New Japan, do some stuff there, I, I, I don't know. Uh, put any, him in Ring of Honor, AEW, put him in obviously, but in AEW, yeah. Obviously his wife or girlfriend? Girlfriend. Girlfriend. not... Man, you gotta fucking, you gotta fucking put a ring on that shit, Adam. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't stop fucking around, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you are, you are, uh, yeah. Shit will get off that pot. Yes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I would be very disheartened if I were Adam Cole and I heard that quote because why even try? I mean, sure, sure. I'm sure main roster money is, uh, well, I'm also pretty sure he has one of the higher contracts in NXT. Undoubtedly. Um, Undoubtedly. And I don't know what that equates, you know, to uh, to a SmackDown or a Raw contract. I don't know the financials yeah. there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, why would you go up and put the effort in? Yeah, I know. And, and, and it's kind of funny also because you have Adam Cole and I recognize he's NXT champ. So therefore he's going to be there. But you have the scenario where Matt Riddle, who came in well, didn't he come in after Cole? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he came in after Cole. He's already getting called up. Uh, they wanted to put uh, Kurt Angle with him as his mouthpiece. Uh, which I'm glad actually didn't work out because I think Matt Riddle will do just fine doing Rob Van Dam style promos. Why uh, did Kurt Angle turn it down again? He didn't want to be pigeonholed as as a manager, and also uh, thought that Riddle would be fine enough on his own. I I agree with that as well, but yeah. the pairing also would have worked. Oh in, yeah, yeah, in, yeah, in a number of ways, but yeah, he he'll be fine without. Totally. But also there's a uh, word this week that Dominic Dijakovic is going to get called up. Uh, we're supposed to be seeing him on Raw. And it's just like, okay, it's cool those guys are getting called up. I think both are ready. But yeah. you have guys like Adam Cole who are down there. You have guys like Velveteen Dream who are down there. Man, has the shine fallen off Dream. That's a guy we, – we, you know, we were talking just a little bit ago about how much of the crowd is important – yeah. Man, without a live crowd to play off of, Dream just feels like he's going through the motions. Yeah. So uh, well, that's a definite bummer. <clears throat> there's, you know, there's also been a couple other things. Yes. <laughs> Extra yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just speaking on <laughs> what's been on the show. Um, you know, I, I, I definitely kind of kicked to the pants there because I know uh, both of us were very, very high up on him. And, and it's yeah. just like I, I think it's because – of the fact that a guy like him and a guy like Adam Cole and I mean, I know Gargano and Ciampa are probably never going to get called up because they're probably both too broken now to get called up. Um, it's just, there are some guys who seem to be on a never ending treadmill yeah. uh, to quote unquote, get to the main roster. And there are other guys where it's just like, Oh, you're, you're going to, you're going to get called up. And you know, for as much as they try to play like, Oh, NXT is just the same brand as everyone else. They sure as shit don't treat everybody like it. Uh, no. And you look at, you know, some people who have come up from NXT. You know, you had a Ricochet who, 
you know, did great in NXT, came mm-hmm. up, had a couple high-profile matches on the main roster, and it's kind yeah. of settled into uh, mid-card main event style. Uh, uh, yeah, was, was literally talking about how being on main event is totally fine the other day. Yeah, sure, sure, Rick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I believe you. But then you got uh, an Apollo Cruz who was called up years ago. Yeah, did the did that you know main event uh, lower mid card hell for years, and now finally is yeah. getting a chance. Yeah. Um. So you know, is is the juice worth the squeeze for you? I, I don't know. Yeah, I I, I I'm will not just in that say, position. I will just say that at least personally, I still think uh, the Titus Worldwide uh, thing with. Cruz and Tazawa and Titus and um, uh, Dana Brooke is the uh, math magician. Um, I I really feel like that was such a missed opportunity. That would could have yeah. been such a fun mid card thing. Um, yeah, you know, running with Cruz and Tazawa as tag champs and let Titus cut promos and not do whatever he calls wrestling. I I, <laughs> I, I think it would have been again one of those situations where you know uh, you're you're accentuating the positives and hiding the negatives. I'm happy that Cruz is in a place of prominence now, but yeah. man, those few years in between had to suck. Yeah, I know. Making towns, not getting on TV, or you know, yeah. getting jobbed out in a number of minutes, or you know, uh, again, I'm not sure what he was making. If he was just happy to be there, I, I'm sure he obviously yeah. wanted more. But, but yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of people on that roster, and only so many make TV weekly, and then you have to cycle in everybody else. So it's it's tough. I get it. You know, even with five hours of six if you count main event uh yeah. of main roster program per week do you count two is two oh five live still a thing do they still two oh five live is still a thing okay all yeah. right so that's six yeah uh six seven seven yes five because six is main event yeah and seven, do is... Main event. seven is two oh five yes nailed it god who watches all that uh, well, um, and, and hey they added raw talk this week after raw on the new okay. free tier of the wwe network Oh yeah, that happened. Yeah. Um, I, what's on it though? I mean, you don't get any of the. You get all the... the talk shows. Okay. And you get a handful of random takeovers and pay per views. From like years ago. Yes, and yeah. ads. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah, because yeah, they got to monetize ads. it somehow. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I don't know who would care for that anyway um also they killed off the first month for free so yeah yeah so you know maybe i'll check it out if i there's something you know just to see what's on there i don't fucking know it's i haven't i hadn't really been watching it much anyway uh prior to canceling so you know yeah definitely nothing nothing hugely missed there um speaking of guys who have had start and stop pushes uh jinder mahal Came back a few weeks back. And yeah, what happened to him? It looked like he was going to get pushed pretty hard. Uh, and sure enough, uh, two things came out this week. One, he had to have knee surgery. Jesus. So he's back on the shelf. And him being back on the shelf is actually uh. why we are getting the Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre main event at Backlash in a few weeks. Because it was originally supposed to be Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal. That's well, yeah, right. That would have made sense. That's right. Two thirds of a uh, three man band would have been battling it out. I would have been fine with that. I mean, I remember, you know, Jinder Mahal coming back and everybody, for whatever reason, everybody was really nostalgic over his title run all of a sudden. And I couldn't understand. I why. feel like that had to be an Internet troll, man. I saw oh. that, too. And like that, that that title reign is not. Yeah, it was cool that he took, you know, that he beat Randy Orton, so Orton yeah. was out of the mix. But n- no, no, man, no. That Punjabi prison match was so fucking bad. <laughs> it was so bad. Well, who could forget also the number of clean wins he had over Shinsuke Nakamura back when Shinsuke was someone we actively cared about and wasn't clear that he just was using WWE as a way to surf and make retirement money. Yeah. Good on you, Shinsuke. Yeah, no game respect, <laughs> game Shinsuke. I, I, yeah. I've got, I've got no qualms here. Um, before we hop into dynamite, let's also talk about some of the other things from the week. Uh, Impact uh, sounds like they might be stripping Tessa Blanchard of the world title. 
Um, so basically what was supposed to be this momentous moment in wrestling uh, looks like it's going to be cut short because she has chosen to not do any shows during this pandemic. I mean, that's certainly her choice. Um, totally. You know, but, you know, you look at the business side of things. If I'm impact, does she get another chance? I don't know. Uh, you you yeah. got a whole bunch of other people there waiting uh, for opportunities. Um, you know. I don't know who. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure who's there. <laughs> I, I, I think I think the the main people they're sort of grooming for uh, world champion status are uh, your Callahan. Uh, well, Callahan's there. Uh, What's his name now? Uh, is he Callahan there? Yes, he is Sammy Callahan there. Sammy Callahan. Okay. Yes, um, your uh, Michael Elgin's, your Eddie oh, Edwards's. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like Ace Austin is getting a push there uh, as okay. well. Um, so we'll, we'll see what turns out. But really, the bit that the internet actually was buzzing about was uh, as a post-credit tease on Impact this week. Uh, there is a promo for Slammiversary, which is coming up in uh, July, which will mark 18 years. Of TNA, Jesus Christ! Eighteen years of TNA wrestling. Wow. By the way, the Time Monday flies night, when you're the Monday Night wrestling. Wars ran for six years, <laughs> and we haven't shut the fuck up about it. Yeah, Impact is Impact the has been around three times as long as the Monday Night Wars ran. Wow. Yeah, so the uh, well, first of all, Slammiversary is a great fucking name. Oh, I don't know it's if, an incredible was, name. Was that a Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett creation? Yes, yes it was. Good on so, you, Double so J. That's well, a it's a great name. So what happened was they well, hey, hey, what, what happened was uh, they did this post credit post credit tease about all these people losing their jobs, uh, yeah, and these free market or free agents being on the market, and then they showed between a mixture of old TNA footage and uh, stock footage of a Bulgarian flag uh, yeah. <laughs> teases of EC3, Rockstar, Spud, Rusev, uh, Gallows, Anderson, uh, basically everyone who they could tease. Right. So it sounds like they've hired at least one, if not multiple, of the WWE cuts. My money's on EC3. Um, I can see that. He's, you know, he's really the only one who thrived in Impact. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the EC3 character was great there, you know, obviously missing Spud, uh, his little, uh, little buddy. Yes. Um, but yeah, you know, Ethan Carter, the third was, I, I think that's, that's the potential there. Yeah. I don't want to see, I don't want to see EC3 in AEW. That doesn't, no, that doesn't, no, that doesn't, 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 work doesn't move the me. needle. Um, yeah. honestly, a guy who they didn't tease, but I think could be interesting. What about an Eric Rowan? Yeah. Uh, you know. Everybody needs uh, some monsters. AEW's yeah. been a, done a good job of building their monster division now. Yeah. <laughs> between Brody Lee and Lance Archer and Brian Cage. Mm-hmm. Um, the so, big boy division is looking strong. Yeah. I mean, I would still not scoff at Rusev showing up there. Yes. But, yes. Um, but then again, you know, it's also, man, they're getting all these WWE cast offs. And I was really hoping that wouldn't be the case. But for the right. most part, they're picking the right ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, if, if anything, I, 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 right. Uh, if, uh, hey, he's got a loaded glove now. Come on. He's going to be amazing. Sure. Um, more on that in a few. Uh, the other thing that is worth noting, uh, this coming Tuesday, uh, we are supposed to have a very special, a very important press conference from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Aye. Um, no indication specifically as to what it will be about, but all assumptions are the indication of the resumption of live events. From New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, uh, Bushy Road, the parent company of New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, issued a statement earlier on in the week uh, that both Stardom and New Japan Pro Wrestling were looking into doing uh, uh, empty arena events before opening up to live crowds and mm-hmm. also you know, setting up different protocols for testing and so on. Um, the assumption is that Tuesday will reveal when those shows will be. And I, for one, cannot wait to have some new Japan back in my life. Yes, very much so. Um, the good thing about the pandemic, if there is one, Mm -hmm. is that a lot of these new Japan guys were, you know, hurting, 
Um, so now, with like a number of months, three to four months off, they're probably mostly healed up at this point. So, you know, good to see every, everybody will come back yeah. uh, fresh and healthy and, you know, full steam ahead, hopefully, uh, until those neck bumps start and then yeah, it's all over say, again. Uh, Tamahiro Ishii is going to kick off his first match by staring at the guy and then just <laughs> turning his head. And the play, well, I was going to say, if there were fans, the, yeah, yeah. the crowds would go wild. Yeah. But, and, and, yeah. Instead, you'll just hear the Japanese commentary team losing their fucking mind. Yeah. Milano Collection so, ET will throw out a, a, an English holy shit in the moment. <laughs> yes, please give us New Japan. I'm fucking fiending over here. Yes. Uh, <laughs> please, please, please. Safely. Don't want anybody to, you know, contract any Rona or anything. Yes. Um, and they seem, you know... Japan is a very different place from the United States. So yeah. there will be, uh, I'm sure, very stringent rules uh, adhered to yes. uh, when they do come back. But hopefully sooner rather than later. And hopefully they find a way to to work both uh, battle uh, Best of the Super Juniors and the G1 into their fall lineup. Yep, yep. And turns out World Tag League just will no longer exist. Uh, That's fine. I'd be totally fine with that. Um, speaking of live events resuming, just kind of an interesting note. Uh, some indie wrestling shows are actually starting back up. Uh, the most prominent ones, uh, GCW, Game Changer Wrestling, uh, mm. basically the modern day version of CZW, even though CZW still exists. But they've, they've sort of taken what CZW was, uh, being a home of death matches and crazy spot matches. Um, they are going to be resuming shows in uh, later this month, actually, on starting on June 20th. They're going to be doing an outdoor show, uh, which okay. I think is a smart idea. Um, and uh, there's a New Jersey-based company called ICW, uh, who themselves have become kind of a deathmatch fed. I'm just mentioning this because I think the setup is interesting. They are doing a drive-in wrestling show. So okay. uh, basically the ring will be set up. People can park their cars around it. They sold only 60 tickets for it, uh, but they will be doing a deathmatch show surrounded by cars, which I think is probably the most uh, the most perfect way of doing a deathmatch show. I'm not sure I would want to be close to the ring in that situation because knowing yes. uh, these deathmatch guys, I don't want my uh, my. Um hood to be dented from a fucking spike pile driver on my hyundai veracruz that's not a. it's not you're not gonna have a good time that that being said how many deathmatch fans do you think have nice cars touche <laughs> uh, salesman too fucking shay there you go so chris do you want to get into dynamite this week sure buddy all right so dynamite this week was a pre-taped show uh, although I thought it was a very good show. It included the first defense of the TNT championship yeah. uh, and also some fun uh, storyline stuff. So let's just go ahead and jump into it. The show kicked off with a very brief Black Lives Matter video. Nice touch. Mm -hmm. uh, and we had a video recap, the first of many recaps throughout the night of the prior week's show, including the Mike Tyson angle, mm -hmm. um, which looks like is going to be a thing that will not go away. But yeah. the show kicked off proper with Kenny Omega and Hangman Page back on Dynamite together for the first time in months, defending the AEW World Tag Team titles against the team of Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian. This match was super fun. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, you know, it was a good showcase for Havoc and Sabian to... To, to prove their tag team wears against against Omega and Page, Page and Omega seem to be on the same page uh, the whole time. <laughs> yes, wasn't any uh, miscommunication or dissension or anything that I picked up on. Um, so it looks like that's kind of been put to bed, at least between those two, uh, mm -hmm. between Adam and the Bucks and whomever else may still be a, a point of contention going forward. But um, I kind of be okay with. Uh, you know, a little splintering off of the elite with right. Page and Omega, you know, kind of have the the Bucks of Youth and uh, with Matt Hardy do some shit for a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. mix mix and match. But the match was uh, was really fun. Uh, I think it got at least 15 minutes. Yeah, um, yeah, it was it was definitely a surprising bit of time uh, and credit where credit is due. Uh, I went into this thinking it was kind of a, a lame duck defense for Paige and Omega, there were definitely a few moments where I was like, oh, shit, they're going to change the titles, aren't they? Yeah. Um, 
And uh, credit also to Jimmy Havoc for going full uh, 80s regional professional wrestling throughout the night, pulling out both a wrench and also a random hacksaw. Yeah, that's right, the hacksaw. Um, <laughs> Good on you, Jimmy. I also really enjoyed um, uh, when Hangman Page caught uh, a flying Penelope Ford who was going for a Hunakarada off the top rope, yeah. catching her putting her out to the referee and yelling to the ref, okay, I caught her, now what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> he says, drop her, and he dropped her. <laughs> All right, I didn't do it. That was that was a great moment. Very, very fun. And uh, Paige was great, and Paige also uh, was the guest on Unrestricted uh, Podcast this week. Yes. Uh, a good background into uh, into Hangman there. So Our nervous you, uh, millennial cowboy. Yes. Definitely recommend uh, giving that a listen. Uh, and also, the uh, combination Buckshot Lariat V-Trigger now has a name, as it is called The Last Call, which tells me that Page and Omega will be a team a bit longer. I think they need a team name. Do you have... And uh, music. That's yes, team yes. music. Yes. Yeah, you know, if you're a team and the champ's going to be that for a while, get, uh, get come out together. Yeah, yeah. Have, have fun matching gear. At least give Kenny some gear that isn't the weird-ass gear he's been wearing for far too yeah. long. Yeah, I don't really care for that it. Gear. Like the gear he was wearing right when AEW started, like the black gear with like the purple or green stuff. I liked that a lot. Yeah. Not, not a big fan of this gear. Um, we had uh, a snippet of the Tully ba- Branch, uh, Tully Blanchard. Easy for me to say, Tully Blanchard promo uh, with slash against Sean Spears. I, I don't know why they didn't show the whole thing. If you caught it on social media, it was actually really good. But then we got Sean Spears and Tully Blanchard in the back of a limo. And Blanchard says he has what Spears needs to take him to the next level. And he hands him a black fingerless glove. I didn't understand what this meant. It was later explained to me. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, so please explain it to me because I'm still in the dark. So there is an 80s wrestling tradition of the loaded black glove as worn by people like Blackjack Mulligan and Barry Windham and that sort of thing. So the idea is, I guess, Sean Spears is going to go uh, 80s roughhouse heel, which... Um, Don't associate him with us. Uh, I, I, <laughs> yes. Please. I, I get what you're saying. But yeah, uh, I'm, I, don't, I don't like it. I don't care for it. Uh, I don't care for him. Basically... Um, Sean Spears just needs to be jobbing to dudes on dark. <laughs> that's that's where I'm at. Uh, nothing against him. I'm sure he's very good at, you know, teaching young talent how to have a better, more cohesive match and all these other things. But yeah. that guy does not move the fucking needle for me at all. He was in developmental for like 15 years for a reason. Yeah. Um, we had. Uh, he's Bra- really good at uh, getting Peyton Royces to marry him, though. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Good on you there. But... Yeah. Well done, chap. Um, fucking awful. Uh, anyway, um, Brian Cage murdered mm-hmm. a jobber who's apparently named Sean Dean. Uh, just hit suplexes, hit a buckle bomb because you can yep. still do those in this company. Hit the yeah. drill claw, and then Taz cut another promo. And God damn it, I didn't know it, but I love Taz promos. Yeah, <laughs> fucking great. Uh, <laughs> he's just so mad <laughs> about everything. I just love just watching him do it because yeah. uh, his body is so weird. It is so square. <laughs> he's, he, he, yeah, he's a quadrilateral. He, uh, he's <laughs> built like the monolith from 2001. <laughs> yes. It's just, he's thick, but not in the normal. He's yeah, yeah. just straight yeah, down. With a K, thick. not two Cs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, the promo uh, was, was really good, uh, but it brought out mox who was yes. the subject of said promo yes. uh, mox came out cut a promo of his own not his best work no. um but you know a, a good mox promo and, and, um, and i liked the idea that it isn't necessarily that brian cage can't beat john moxley it's just it will take a long ass time to beat yeah. john moxley <clears throat> Mo- uh, moxley keeps leading in this character of like guy who doesn't know when he's lost and i really like it i think it's a great angle 
Yeah, no, it, it, it suits him well for his style, yes. uh, both in storytelling and in wrestling and brawling and stuff like that. So, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to getting Cage in competitive matches. Yes. Um, I enjoy seeing him toss around jobbers as much as the next guy, but I want to see him, you know, get in there. Do I think he's going to take the title off Mox this soon? Probably not. Yeah. Um, but that is happening, what, a Fighter Fest, which is a month from now, uh, I think, it, it early is, July? Yes. Uh, it, it, fighter, so um, I was going to give you uh, Did I say Fire Fest? Uh, fighter Fest. Uh, fighter Fest. Fighter um, Fest. Fest, as opposed to being a BR Live pay-per-view as it was uh, last year, this year Fighter Fest will be two episodes of Dynamite. Um, yeah. So January 1st, January, July 1st, and July 8th. Um, so, uh, just a few weeks away. Um, yeah, uh, they have not said which matches will be on which episode, but, uh, right. the idea is it, much like Chris's beloved Lucha underground and it's Ultima Lucha. We will have multiple TV episodes, which equal one pay-per-view style event. <sighs> Ultima Lucha. Mm. <sighs> well, you. here to break you, Lucha. Here to break that bubble, Alex Marvez approached <laughs> Lance Archer in a junkyard where Archer just beat the shit out of a guy. Okay, this was really weird. Okay, really what, weird. What were Jake and Archer doing there? Did I this think guy... it was supposed to be? And, and I recognize it's going to lead to more questions. I think it was supposed to be the same random scrapyard that there was a vignette, the Lucha Underground style vignette that introduced uh-huh. Archer. I think it was supposed to be the same, quote unquote, same place. Um, now, so why... does he live at the scrapyard? Is I that guess. his residence? I guess. Can you send mail there? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Jacksonville Let... scrapyard number five, care of Lance Archer. Yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> that's yeah. Bizarre. He was beating up his Lucha mailman. That's what was happening there. <laughs> but uh, it, it was basically. government workers alone. Yes. It was basically just an excuse for Archer to yell and scream about how he's not a spot monkey and everybody dies. And then Jake Roberts apologized for uh, Archer's behavior to Barbez. Why? Why would Jake apologize? I have no idea. Jake just spent like a month and a half uh, cutting promos about how he's a stone cold killer and now he's apologizing? Yeah. I don't know. It was weird. It was very weird. Didn't really do much for me. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm all about uh, Archer still, but uh, that promo didn't do much for me. Then another vignette. Private Party was hanging out at the bar backstage, and here comes Matt Hardy as Matt Hardy, not Damascus or anyone else, to talk to them. Now, I think I know what happened to this promo, but I really can't tell you because I was very distracted by the fact that Mark Quinn has little tiny boobies. (laughs) He's got a little A cup on him. Yeah. Yeah, it was just he's got some he's got some little tatties. They're adorable. I got tits, so I can't say anything uh, about it. But, but you don't I'm look like not a you professional have athlete. Slightly inflated balloons under your shirt. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a bag of sand. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, now, I, I'm I'm not trying to to judge a, a Mark Quinn because uh, I like Mark Quinn. Um, more on him in a bit, but it just I like titties. You know, yeah, I like I, I'm I'm pro boob. Um, but I uh, I was just slightly distracted. But the short version is uh, Matt Hardy was basically saying, "Hey, uh, maybe we should uh, we should team up sometime." And Private Party said they could be the Hardy Party. <laughs> so more yeah. groundwork for an eventual trios tournament, maybe. Sure. Yeah. The, yeah. The rumor of a uh, trio's tag titles being introduced has uh, been floated around again this week. So cool. I mean, you know, they keep saying we're not going to have all these titles and then they keep adding titles. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, if, if it gets uh, an opportunity for more of these people to get on uh, TV regularly, uh, then I'm for it. And they will have knock on wood an entire extra TV show. Right. So, yeah. you know, they can split things among that. Uh, while Hardy was walking away from a private party, he ran into Sammy Guevara, and Sammy gave him a death stare, and it was pretty great. Yeah. Sammy, um, so Sammy had kind of another banner week. Uh, he's He's been using the scooter, which was the gift from uh, the gift of Jericho. Yes. Uh, the week prior. He was on it there, 
and he also used it uh, during Chris Jericho's entrance yes. um, as he sang in the most pathetic, worst karaoke way possible, uh, kind of sang the lyrics to Judas uh, yes. during Chris Jericho's entrance and Jericho trying not to laugh. Uh, it was pretty hysterical. Yes. Sammy Guevara is a national treasure and should be protected at all costs. Yes, and coincidentally enough, that actually was our next match on the show. Okay, good. As it was Chris Jericho versus Colt Cabana and... I'm going to say I was pleasantly surprised with how good this match was. It made sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, like, the wrestling I, made sense. I'm not going to sit here and sense. say, like, oh, you know, Okada Omega, Jericho Cabana. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> it, it was basically two veteran hands just going out and having a really good back and forth match. Yeah. And, you know, it was just a, a joy to watch. And,. And the thing that I think made it most interesting to me is especially, you know, because unfortunately you kind of have to compare and contrast to the other big product. Was this a match of value or no? No. But that doesn't mean it can't be entertaining. I feel like a lot of times you watch a Raw, a SmackDown, even an NXT, you know which matches don't mean anything because they never try to engage you. Well, in in the grand scheme of things, probably not. Like the match itself didn't didn't you know do anything. But that match was booked off of the skirmish at the Tyson brawl. Sure. So you ha- you paid that off, which is you know just completing uh you know paying off something and uh, that that had happened. And then also uh, after the match, you had uh, a continuation of the Dark Order courting Colt Cabana. Mm-hmm. Um, because he lost to Jericho. Uh, yes. So, you know, it makes it, – it, the match itself, you know, was a good match, and that was about it. But it, there were also um, overarching elements that kind of made sense with it. Yes. So post-match, Jericho cuts a promo, talks about how Mike Tyson is a piece of shit, and he's going to shove something up his ass. That got bleeped, weirdly enough. Although yeah. you and I were texting about that, apparently. It's a – it's a uh, standards and practices thing. You can talk about an ass as an own, but not inserting things into an ass or whatever. Yeah, in, in, insertion, things coming in or coming out of um, of bod- bodily orifices uh, are mostly frowned upon. But yes. uh, And as I said, that didn't stop The Rock from turning that bitch sideways and sticking it straight up your candy ass. Yeah, that's the one thing that I thought was weird. May- and, and it made me realize maybe it's because he said candy ass and not ass. Uh, I sort mean, of how asshole gets bleeped, but ass is fine. Right. Well, even sometimes asshole is okay. As long as you're not referring to an asshole, you're calling somebody an asshole. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, you, can't, it, you can't you can't be you can't you can't be on a broadcast and say, man, I bet you her asshole looks great. Yeah. Uh, well, you, know. you can't you can if you're Howard Stern, but you know. well, you know, yeah. that's that's different. But yeah. you can call somebody, man, she's an asshole or he's yes. an asshole. Yes. That's that's different. Sparingly. It's not a you know, yeah. you can't you know, it's a, it's a hit and quit it sort of thing. You don't want to <laughs> dwell on those things because that's when the, uh, the the people call into the FCC and complain. Exactly. Well, Jericho said he wanted the baddest man on the planet. He's tired of waiting. He wants the baddest man on the planet to come out and face him right now. Well, here comes Orange Cassidy. <laughs> Which was pretty fantastic. Yeah. This whole this whole bit was great. Yeah, I, I guess this means we're probably going to get Jericho, Orange Cassidy at Fighter Fest? I hope so. Yeah. I um, mean, and apparently I looked uh, yesterday, somebody had tweeted out that the uh, YouTube recap of that Mm-hmm. That went up has over a million views in just a couple days. Oh wow! Um, so that that shows you the the power of an OC and Jericho as well. Obviously, yes. not not going to diminish the star of Chris Jericho here, but Orange Cassidy is definitely a hot commodity, and I feel like they're you know realizing that and putting him in these continued situations where he can shine. No diggity, no doubt. We next had. <laughs> Okay. Did, didn't expect a Blackstreet reference for me, did you? I, I did not, no. Next well, we had uh, a video package. Can I get some Montel Jordan next? <laughs> well, this is how we do it, Chris. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Tony Schiavone uh, narrated a video package of highlights from the night to that point. It, like I said, it was very video package heavy. And then that takes yeah. us to another video package as Britt Baker is on the road to recovery. Oh, man. I will say... I still really want them to have a video of her to Creed's My Sacrifice. 
<laughs> but in the meantime, this this was everything I needed. Uh, you had Britt Baker not really working all that hard on the workout fields of the Jacksonville Jaguars as she's being cheered on by uh, Doc uh, Samson. Uh, Doc Sampson, um, Rebel, and of uh-huh. course Tony Schiavone. Yeah, Shivani coming in at the last minute to root her on as she's wheeling up the ramp was just choice. Chef yes. kiss. Mwah. Yeah, I also really enjoyed her dragging a random five pound weight with her wheelchair. Also <laughs> yep. thought that was pretty great. The uh, ropes, the ropes yes. killed me. Yes. <laughs> uh, ten out of so ten great. segment. Uh, I'm I'm so happy that they are keeping Brit uh, top of mind, uh, and there yes. was more of that after the following match. As it was Nyla Rose defeating Big Swole in what was actually a really good back and forth match. Um, yeah, Big Swole got her shit in. She is fucking talented. So yes. big things uh, in the future for Big Swole. Yes, so much so that even though Nyla won, the post match promo was with Big Swole. Yeah, and uh, basically uh, that was really just a catalyst for Britt Baker to get in the face of Big Swole and try to run her over with her golf cart thing. Yeah, her uh, Rolls Royce Rolls R O L E S role model Rolls Royce. Yes, uh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful piece of work there. Um, yeah, no, that was uh, everything. Britt Baker was involved in this week. Ten out of ten. Um, so I guess they're leading to a match for when she comes back against Big Swole, or maybe she's just going to piss off the entire women's division. Uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> week by week, uh, I'd be fine with either. I'm not sure. We had another interview with Tony Schiavone as he was backstage with Darby Allen. Darby Allen said that he loved the Joker movie and we live in a society. Did I, did I get that promo right? <laughs> I, I kind of. <laughs> <laughs> it was just random edgelordy shit as one would expect from Darby Allen. Darby Allen, by the way, the first episode of AEW uh, Unrestricted that I will just sign off as unlistenable. I'm so, I, I love the guy as a wrestler, but God, he's so tryhard at times. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I wouldn't say it's unlistenable. There are a couple nuggets in there, but yeah, it's it, it was probably the least enjoyable that we've had so far. Yes, but um, but yeah, you know, he's a student film yeah. filmmaker. Yes, yes, which he... apparently Paige is also. So good on him. Oh, oh, yeah, that is true. I was like, first I was like Paige, like WWE Paige, like is that what she's doing now yeah. that her neck's broke? <laughs> Hangman. Well, after another Tony Schiavone promo, we hit the Tony Schiavone hat trick as it was time for a sit-down promo with Tony Schiavone and FTR. Dax Harwood kicked off the promo, and he said, you know, FTR isn't just a lifestyle brand. It's a lot more than that. It's it's about food production. It's about... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, seriously, the oh, the beginning of that promo, let's call it like the first half of that promo, I was like, oh my god, they should never be allowed to talk ever again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. They got the point across, I think, at the end. Yes. Um, But it also got a little shooty at a couple points, Yeah. too, which I'm sure you didn't love. No, no, I didn't really love it. I mean, I... I loved the idea of we don't want a match of the year. We want to punch the, the Bucks in the face. Yeah. Totally fine with that. But when he's like, oh, you know, Dave Meltzer saying this and Dave Meltzer saying that. It's like, oh, I mean, I guess it's no different. And and again, I did find it cringy. So I, I am going to fall in the story of that. I guess it isn't that much different than a than a like professional football player talking about you know what such and such pundit is saying about them because right. Dave Meltzer is the closest thing we have to an actual like sports pundit in professional wrestling, which mm-hmm. really just tells you how sad that realm is. Um, as we talk into internet purchase microphones, uh, but yeah, I, I wasn't super into that. That said, uh, when when they got fired up and talked about wanting to punch the Bucks in the face, I was cool with it. And as the promo wrapped up, uh, A, Tony said that he always thought that FTR stood for Fuck the Revival, which was completely bleeped. Yeah. And then here comes Butcher and the Blade wanting to beat the shit out of FTR. Yeah, from atop the hotel lobby that they were shooting this in. So yes. what was most surprising to me is that how uh, at the drop of a hat, 
uh, a, a fucking a dozen people just appeared from nowhere to pull yes. these guys apart. Yes. <laughs> Social distancing, so, guys. Social distancing. Yeah. Good work. You know. Um, hey, you know what? We're getting the match. Uh, yes, FTR we are. versus Butcher and Blade this week on Dynamite. So hella yeah. stoked for that. That should be great. Yeah. And in great timing, we did have the promo train talking about what was going to be on Dynamite this coming week. FTR versus Butcher and the Blade. Colt Cabana versus Sammy Guevara. Marg Quen, oh, sorry, uh, Marg Quen against whoever would be the TNT champion after the main event. Uh, Santana and Ortiz and Jake Hager going against best friends in Orange Cassidy, and also John Moxley is going to be in action on Dark this week. So the AEW champion is going to be on the YouTube show. Yeah, hey, you know why not get the yeah. guy some reps? Yeah, uh, well, something that's interesting is he's going to be going against uh, Robert Ego Anthony, a guy who he had a feud with for the CZW title back in like. 2007 so uh okay just kind of a a a fun little interesting note there um so we had our main event of the evening it was jungle boy versus cody rhodes for the tnt title uh one fun note is they forgot to overdub one bit of commentary the original plan was going to be ray phoenix against the winner of this match ray phoenix clearly not 100 percent but uh, neither clearly was all the editing. So yeah, <laughs> and I I caught it when when I was listening. Did they just say Ray Phoenix next week? Yes, because uh, they had already announced that it would be Mark Quinn. Um, yeah. But that's you know, it, it happens. It's yeah. you know, going through audio that was recorded is uh, a laborious pain in the ass from time to time. So uh, I can speak from personal experience saying, sure, <laughs> some shit gets slipped through every now and then. Yes. But uh, I thought this match was very good. Cody played subtle heel. Uh, mm-hmm. He's very aggressive. Yes, very aggressive. And honestly, if they want to turn Cody heel now, go for it. I think now's the time to try it. Well, uh, I, I like I like the point, you know, that they kind of try to put over that this title means so much to him that mm-hmm. he's just going to fight with every ounce that he has to win yes. and keep this title. Yes. So it's not like a full on heel sort of thing yet. Yes. But as it is, it was justified his aggressiveness. Um, what is not justified is, to me, at least, is uh, Cody's insistence on blading for just about every match he's fucking in. Uh, yeah, yeah, this was definitely like uh, a match where like let's pull out every trick in the book, and I feel like this match might have been edited a little bit because like the transition into and out of the table spot at the end, which looked incredible, by the way. Yeah. Um, for those who missed it, basically what happened was Cody and Jungle Boy were fighting on the top rope, and Cody just goes, fuck this shit, and yeets himself and Jungle Boy <laughs> off the top rope through the uh, the ringside table. Um, I, I did not have Marty saying yeet on my roughhouse bingo crime. <laughs> <laughs> there, but here, it's but it's the perfect are. word to describe what he did. He just was like, <laughs> all right, let's go. That's a bingo. Um, yeah. Uh, but, um, you, you know, you also had a Cody headbutting the ring stage. Yeah. I mean, that's just a blading. stupid move to start out with. You're yes. running in to somebody who's up against a wall with your head. Yeah. That does not make you look like the smartest man. Yeah. Yeah. It was it, it was not not smart at all. Um, but all, all in all, I thought the match was good. Unsurprisingly, Cody goes over with a sick, sick crossroads. Oh, yeah, Jungle boy, that boy. was real nice. Uh, and that was a hell of a sell. And Jungle Boy looked like a million bucks, man. He did. That guy's going to really be a did. fucking star. Yes, and of course, because Cody won a match, here comes all the pyro as we go off the air. Yeah. <laughs> eh, you know, perks of being the EVP, I guess. Yeah. Nightmare yeah. Family comes out, um, and then uh, the rest of Jurassic Express comes out to check on Jungle Boy. A good show of uh, mutual respect with a handshake at the end. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm sure that there was, uh, Cody said some words of encouragement uh, to, to Jack, Jungle Jack, uh, mm-hmm. you know, as they were in the ring off mic. So, yeah, it was, it, I really enjoyed it. And if that's what we're getting every week, um, I'm I'm for it. I'm curious to see how Mark Quinn does in a solo match. I'm pretty yeah, sure we've yeah. only seen him in tags. Um, but, you know, it, it, Cody's the guy you want to be in there with. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think it's it's definitely um, do or die feels a little strong, but it's 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 definitely one of those moments where you really show what you're made of to, to yeah. get an opportunity like that. Esther metal. Uh, yeah. And um I, I think a lot of people have uh, 
unfortunately for Isaiah Cassidy, pegged Mark Quinn as the the star of the duo, um, yeah. and this kind of shows it. But you know, we'll see how he does. Uh, I I think he's shown um, some sparks of brilliance. Uh, so I'm, I'm very excited to see if, if that continues through, but, uh, you know, as always, it's, it's going to be an entertaining two hours on TNT this coming Wednesday night and your boys will be here to recap it for you. I am just looking forward to the day where, uh, Sonny Kiss gets his opportunity, mm-hmm. uh, for, uh, for the open challenge. There's no, I'm not, I'm not keeping up for yeah. a joke. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm legit there. <laughs> no, no, I, I think it would be great. I think, I, I, I think that would be awesome. I think Janela getting another run at Cody would be really fun. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who else would be fantastic. You know what? Pentagon, Pentagon Phoenix, Phoenix, uh, fuck it. You know what? He just signed a multi-year deal. Let's get. Arn Anderson liquored up and shirtless and just have him fight Cody Rhodes <laughs> live on TNT. What do you think? Well, first you have to have him beat up Sean Spears and take the glove. <laughs> yes. And then yes. so then then you'd have a chance. The glove is full of razor blades and it blade does the job for Cody. Wait, I so got it. I got it. So we send Cody to Arn Anderson's house in the middle of the day with the TNT title in hand and he knocks on the door. And Arn like a fucking dolt opens and signs it. You big dummy. <laughs> Wrestling fans are garbage. <laughs> the Roughhouse Podcast is a weekly podcast. Follow us at Roughhouse SGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash the Roughhouse Podcast. Become a donor to the Roughhouse at patreon.com slash the Roughhouse Podcast. And check out our videos at youtube.com backslash channel backslash capital U C E G J 2 1 N lowercase W capital G lowercase K capital P M lowercase L capital D N 7 lowercase C 3 lowercase R lowercase F U V Q. This is the, the Rough House, Rough House podcast. Uh, podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. And Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network. World Wrestling Entertainment is proud to unveil the WWE Network app. $9.99 per month, pay-per-views, live shows, historical matches, the Monday Night Wars, and a back catalog of pro wrestling for the ages. But WWE is also very proud to announce. The WWE After Dark app. For only $149.99 per month. You can watch AJ Lee take a shit. Caitlin scrub her vagina. The Bellas scissor. Bertha Faye go to the gynecologist. Randy Orton masturbate. Big Show masturbate. Tyson Kidd masturbate. And Karma's butthole. It's the WWE After Dark app. $149.99 per month. 36 month commitment, no canceling ever.